As the snow continues to linger on the outside, there is more than enough blabbing to go around as we've got an action-packed show lined up for you, including a local business landmark featuring a very talented individual who runs a business out of her home in Owensboro known as Samantha's Closet. And the proud owner herself, Samantha Rayleigh, will join us to discuss the products that she makes out of epoxy. They include handmade jewelry and decor, so we'll learn the tricks of the trade momentarily. Plus, a lot of us are snowed in, therefore not only do we have more time to eat, we have more time to bake. So, I thought we'd run down a list of 10 unique desserts to Kentucky, as compiled by OnlyInYourState.com. Some of these will sound familiar to you, some of them probably won't, but we'll give you the lowdown and make our mouths water in the process. So grab you something to drink. As long as it's hot, I could care less what it is. Strap yourselves in and get ready for Blabbit in the Bluegrass, Episode 7 of Season 2, because it starts right now. Kentucky features so much more than basketball and horses. We're home to scenic spectacles and one-of-a-kind golf courses. If boating, fishing, dining, or music is your pleasure, we'll guide you to the sights and sounds that you will truly treasure. Cause we're blabbing, blabbing in the bluegrass. There's nothing here to hide, cause we're saying it with pride. Just a blabbing, blabbing in the bluegrass. With knowledge of the state, you're sure to appreciate. Yes, we're blabbing, blabbing in the bluegrass. Where musicians furnish talent and great whiskey cools your palate. Just a blabbing, blabbing in the bluegrass. With a fit for every taste, precious time is not to waste. From Rockfield to Bloomfield to Smithfield, we've got you covered on Blabbit in the Bluegrass, exploration and celebration of all things Kentucky. Sam Moore here once again at the very wintry North Quail Motel in Henderson, KY. Thankfully, however, Old Man Winter has not rained or snowed on our parade and we're still able to come to you with plenty more insightful discussion on this beloved state that many of us call home and we're going to lend our ears to samantha rayleigh momentarily she is the proud owner of samantha's closet which she runs out of her home in owensboro producing handmade jewelry and decor and gang you'd be really surprised at some of the things she's come up with including you know, just plenty of unique models that can be used to spruce up your home, add some pizzazz to your desk at work. And so we'll dive into all that in just a few shakes, and we will run down a list of 10 of the best and most unique desserts to Kentucky as compiled by our friends at OnlyInYourState.com. My sweet tooth was really talking to me as I was going through these guys and gals, and I'm sure it will again when I talk to you about them. <laughs> It'll be louder and more clear than it has been in a while, no doubt. And a quick reminder that if you have topic suggestions, guest suggestions, feel free to shoot me that email. It's bluegrassblabbing at gmail.com. B-L-U-E-G-R-A-S-S-B-L-A-B-B-I-N 
at gmail.com. You can also Facebook me via the Blabbing in the Bluegrass Facebook page. All you got to do is search Blabbing in the Bluegrass on FB. It'll take you right to me. You can catch up on any previous episodes that you may have missed. You can also, you know, make comments, leave messages, and stay up to date with additional information as it is presented. I love hearing from you folks and you know, I'm all about promoting restaurants, state parks, local businesses across the state, but I'm always thinking about different avenues to take, perhaps some human interest stories coming down the pipe. So don't shy away from any kind of suggestions you may have. I'm all ears and very open-minded. So hit me up through email or Facebook, and I would love to hear your ideas for future Blabbing in the Bluegrass episodes, because I certainly, certainly plan on being in this for the long haul, okay? But before we hear from Samantha, who's chomping at the bit to be heard from, I have yet another bluegrass brain buster for you. We do this in the opening segment each week, or at least try to, and then we will have the answer at the conclusion of the program. So, here it is, hot off the press, this week's bluegrass brain buster. Who doesn't love the all-American cheeseburger? You know, we may differ as far as the toppings that we like, the condiments we put on it, but you can't go wrong with a cheeseburger. And one former landmark in Louisville claimed to be the birthplace of the cheeseburger way back in 1934. Name this former staple in the Derby City. Once again, name this former Louisville landmark who claimed to be the birthplace of the cheeseburger way back in 1934. You stew on that? Try not to make yourself too hungry between that and the sweets that we'll talk about here shortly. And we will reveal the answer in the program's final segment. Good luck. And now Blabbing in the Bluegrass brings you a local business landmark. In today's local business landmark, we have actually a personal connection of mine. We have uh, a history together, went to school at Western Kentucky University together, and we were both broadcasting majors for a time. Then uh, this girl decided to change her tune, and I guess I ran her off. But uh, we both had several classes together, and anyway, I ended up podcasting, and she ended up making handmade jewelry and decor. And we are so proud of her for it. So we thought we'd feature her today. And let's give it up for the proud owner of Samantha's Closet. It's none other than Samantha Rayleigh. Ah, thank you. Thank you so much for having me on today, Sam. I cannot wait to get started. Well, I can't wait either because Samantha's Closet is truly one of a kind. And this is your first podcast, so we're making a little history today. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> yes, indeed. And I tell you, making handmade jewelry and decor is really, uh, you know, it's an acquired taste and it takes a special breed to do it. So we definitely commend you for that. Now, Samantha's Closet is fairly new to Kentucky's local business scene, but has already gained quite a respectable following. So tell us, Miss Rayleigh, give us a summary of the history of this unique specialty shop and explain how it has attracted so much attention in such a short time frame. Absolutely. So I began, I actually make 
epoxy epoxy resin you can call it epoxy or resin or you can call it epoxy resin um, <laughs> everybody calls it something a little bit different but it's all the same thing um, that's the medium that I work with so that is where all of my jewelry and decor is that's what it's all made with so the beginning of the pandemic my wife told me you've got to have something to do you got to have a hobby because I was just going crazy in the house I'm definitely an extrovert and had a really hard time just staying in the house all the time so right. she said we've got to get you something to do with your hands you've got because <laughs> I was going crazy so we ordered some epoxy um, on Amazon and some molds and just a few little things like that and started making them and found that I absolutely loved doing it. So over the course, that was about March. Right. So over the course of the next few months, I learned a lot and made a lot of different things, made a ton of mistakes. And that's how we learned June, <laughs> Yes, absolutely. And I'm still learning every day. Right. I am every too. day I learned something new. <laughs> but I, uh, I posted some of my makes. I was never planning on selling. I just posted some of the things I've been making. And the post kind of blew up a little bit on my Facebook. And people were asking, well, how do I buy this? And I thought, oh, I, oh, I don't know. I hadn't thought that far. <laughs> um, so I set up an Etsy shop and filled it up and, um, and opened my shop in June. So that, um, that awesome. post right there just kind of, kind of blew me up and, uh, and got everything going really strongly. So that was June and this is February. So you're eight months and going strong. And mm -hmm. <laughs> that's, that's certainly to be commended. That's, you know, my, my podcast, uh, I started the brainstorming and planning process during the pandemic too. So you can, you know, as, as much of a, a pain as it was, and as, as house burn as a lot of, a lot of us were, we, we made good use of our time. Yes, <laughs> for sure. So that's, that's something to be proud of, especially on your end. Now describe how you developed a passion for, creating handmade jewelry and decor and uh, tell us who or what has helped you to perfect your craft. Absolutely. So I have to say, I've never been an artistic type of person. I've always said, and this is awful, but it's just true. I've always said that my hand, I have great ideas, but my hands are stupid. That's what I've said my <laughs> no. whole life. I know. I know. Isn't that terrible? But that's, that's how I've always felt. I think, you know, I have so many good ideas, but I can't do any, do any of them um, because I'm not an artist. I'm not a creative, physical person. So whenever I first got this epoxy and my wife had suggested it, she's the artist. She can do anything with any medium. I mean, truly just amazing. And she said, just try it. So I thought, okay, well, this is going to be another one of those things that we get and she ends up being really good at and then it's kind of her thing and not mine um, <laughs> right. but it kind of turned out the opposite it was it really became my thing and for the first time in my life i realized my hands are not stupid they're actually pretty great <laughs> and so that i think fueled my passion seeing that it was something that i took to fairly easily even though there are a lot of mistakes in learning i still took to it pretty easily and that kind of fueled me to learn and grow. And then, of course, you know, she's been behind me every step of the way 
um, you know, looking the other way when the Amazon boxes come in with new molds. And <laughs> <laughs> because we're also having, you know, sales coming in too. So it kind of works out. Um, nice. But yeah, she's definitely been a huge supporter. And then my son, Theo, who's only four, um, he has my some of my wall art proudly displayed in his room. And I have to sometimes make things and get it out the door before he sees it because then he wants it. He calls it my epoxy or my right. jewelry. <laughs> Once he, he sees it, it's going on his wall. Yes, <laughs> yeah. I tell you, that's just a a neat little story for sure. Don't sell your hands short, Miss Wright. Yes, absolutely. I never will again. <laughs> I hear you. Well, uh, starting a business is quite an accomplishment, but there are always some challenges which may be overcome. So why don't you, Samantha? Describe some of the biggest obstacles or barriers that you encountered in your efforts to get Samantha's closet off the ground. Well, I would say the biggest barrier is just time. I have a, a day job, a full-time job, and I have a family. So my days are very, they go by very quickly and they seem very short. Um, now, right. luckily we've been working from home so I am pouring, and that's, that's what it's called whenever you're making your, your um, items. So I'm pouring during my lunch break. You know, <laughs> I'm doing it, uh, you know, just as, as often as I can or late into the evening after my son has gone to bed. You know, um, the time has been the hardest thing, just making it work because it does take a lot of time, um, the process from the beginning to the end to get something ready to go. Sure. So the time is definitely the, you know, having a full-time job and a family has made it difficult, but we've made it work. And after you get done pouring for work, you usually end up pouring for pleasure, I'm sure. <laughs> oh, absolutely. And I can't help it. I love it so much. I have to, I'm always trying something new. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Now what's your, uh, what's your day job? Just curious. Sure. I work at um, U.S. Bank. And um, okay. I work in the mortgage servicing division. I see. So from from banking to jewelry and decor, Samantha is, well, we can't call you a jack of all trades. We'll say you're a Jill. So, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, or maybe Jacqueline. <laughs> that there works you go. too. But anyway, <laughs> now business ownership provides a number of rewarding incentives, on the other hand, to make up for its challenges. So... What have you enjoyed most about your Samantha's Closet's journey thus far? Well, I think um, one of the first things that I enjoyed was the creative outlet. Just having something to pour myself into. You know, I think that's been huge. But my very, very favorite thing has been the response from my customers. When people will send me a message or leave a review um, or post something on their Facebook Anytime that someone receives one of my items and they come back and tell me how much they love it or how it was exactly as they wanted, that makes my whole week every single time. There you go. I, I believe it. That positive feedback always makes it seem a little more worthwhile for you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I know that from experience. Too much of it and we might get the big head, but we all need That's a little true. bit. That's <laughs> true. <laughs> we all need it in moderation. <laughs> so, yes. That's for sure. Now, as we've been mentioning, you produce and sell handmade 
jewelry and decor. So um, why don't let's expand on that a little bit and uh, give us an overview of the many creations which can be crafted for valued customers upon request. Yes. So um, to start the jewelry. So I make earrings, necklaces, bracelets. Um, and then um, sometimes we'll also do some hair accessories. So those are kind of our jewelry options. Um, and then I also make accessories. There you go. We can get you, we can get you set up, Sam. I'm thinning up top. <laughs> oh yeah. I could well, use hair. Just add a little detail to it and it'll be okay. There you go. Maybe some people will overlook the bald spots that way. <laughs> there you go. There you oh, go. <laughs> um, I also make larger items. So those are, um, those are probably my favorite to make. So coasters, those, uh, um, I make coasters, I make trays, and that can be a full epoxy tray or it can be um, wooden trays with epoxy inside. I also right. do wall arts with canvas or wood. And then um, trinket pieces as well. So things like, um, well, we'll talk about it probably here soon, but I have um, one new item that's a trinket piece that has kind of blown up. So okay, um, yeah, well, <laughs> we make lots of little things that are all different, um, all different kinds of items. Awesome. Yeah, we'll expand more on the trinket later. And this is stuff that everybody could use, like coasters, for instance. Who doesn't drink? And when, you're, when your cup drips, everybody needs a coaster. So. Exactly. And you know, I didn't expect the coasters to be so popular because I thought it's a coaster. Kind of odd, but people love them. <laughs> yeah, not, not too many of those in Ohio County where you came from, is there? <laughs> no, I'm no. kidding. <laughs> Only <Listen>. kidding. <laughs> we don't want to run off our friends in Ohio County. <laughs> I just have to pick on my friend a little bit. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> anyway, but there's, there's about to be a ton of them in Ohio County, though, thanks to you. <laughs> mm, yes, absolutely. <laughs> Thanks to Samantha's Closet. Now, of all the bargain beauties that you produce and sell on a regular basis, which ones seem to be the most requested these days? So the coasters have been, until now, the coasters have been my number one top seller. So um, they're four, usually a four-piece coaster set, and we have different shapes, but the organic edge they kind of look like a geode. Um, the organic edge coasters have been my number one top seller, but I launched a new product. It is a female form goddess, and it's just a torso to a top of a thigh, and that's the trinket that I'm talking about. It's kind of like a paperweight, just something to set on your desk or your, um, you know, bookshelf, and that has been, I have sold I don't even know. I couldn't even tell you how many I've sold of those now because they're coming in every single day. Those have been, it's a, um, it's a plus size kind of a curvy goddess figure. And that has been just my number one bestseller of all time. Now it's exceeded the coasters even. <laughs> it has surpassed the coasters and uh, <laughs> that is saying something. So <laughs> mm -hmm. definitely something to be proud of for sure. Now, any designer will tell you that some handmade creations are crafted more quickly and easily than others. So just out of curiosity, um, which of your marvelous masterpieces tend to require the most time and effort? Well, of course, it's my goddesses. That would be my number one bestseller is my number one headache 
to make. <laughs> <laughs> no pain, now, no gain, I guess. Exactly. I love making them because they're so beautiful and each one is so different. But those are because the way the mold is made and the way that epoxy just reacts to the mold, um, those require a lot of after sanding and polishing and top coating there's a lot of um, a lot of extra work that goes into making those beautiful for the customers that request them now from the sanding to the polishing to the coating uh, about how long do you spend on your average goddess have you have you kept track you know um it takes about 30 minutes to get everything together and pour it um, I would say at least a few hours all together now, and that's not including the time it takes for them to set because it takes 24 hours to set each time I put epoxy on there. So it'll take a few days to do each one from start to finish. I see. So about a half a week. <laughs> yeah, for each one. And they're going out like, like crazy. And I could, I would love to have more than one mold, but it came from Poland and took almost six months to get here. So we're working with what we've got. You're, you're being resourceful and that's what yes counts. <laughs> and the success is worth the struggle it sounds like so yes. <laughs> keep up the good work with those goddesses <laughs> now the already impressive selection in samantha's closet is constantly expanding with truly unique items being added seemingly every time the wind changes direction now you mentioned the trinkets a little bit ago so we'll expand on those. And if you would, just sort of give us a rundown of the other recent merchandise editions of yours, as well as maybe a sneak peek at some of the charming delights that we can expect to see in the near future. Yes. So the, the newest items that I have been making has been um, wall art for children. So we have made mermaids, unicorns and dinosaurs and those are large wooden pieces with epoxy poured over them in different shades um, the the mermaid is very blue and purpley most of the time um, i have a pastel rainbow unicorn that's been very popular and then my dinosaur is blue and green and these each have several colors um, on on each of them and those have been, um, those have been my, my newest selection that I've had so far. And those have been going really well. Um, and as far as what's coming up, uh, I'm glad you asked. So going along with the wall art, my next project is a very large wall art piece. Mm -hmm. I'm talking many feet, uh, many feet tall and wide and, um, to do a very large piece with some of um, some new mediums, some new gemstones, and um, with epoxy, maybe add some paint and uh, and make a really really large piece of art. Awesome! See, so for all of you wall art nuts out there, this is a a special a special preview only for Blabbit in the Bluegrass listeners. <laughs> Nobody else knows about this except for y'all and this is something we should definitely look forward to at samantha's closet so we'll keep you posted on her artwork and we'll uh let you know what's going on there so y'all can be ready to act on it when it is revealed now what advice samantha would you give to any of our listeners who may likely be entertaining the thoughts of following in your footsteps 
and creating splendid handmade sensations of their own. My number one piece of advice is do it. Do it. Do <laughs> you're it. Like, you're like Nike. <laughs> yes, exactly. You can do it. That's my number one piece of, of advice is just to do it. The hardest step is the beginning, is starting it. After that, everything just kind of falls into place and you figure it out as you go. But you can't figure anything out and you can't go anywhere until you start it and you actually just make that first step. So just do it and and everything else will will come. There you go. Don't don't tell yourself no and don't tell yourself you can't. <laughs> yes. <laughs> because can't never could. So <laughs> anyway, now, you know, Samantha's in a league of her own, but you can, <laughs> you can be one tier down, shall we say, if you put your mind to it. So that's something for all of you folks out there to, to strive for. Now, Samantha, you've been a blast. It's been great talking to you. Now, before I let you go, in 30 seconds or less, I'd like for you to give us your best sales pitch for Samantha's Closets as a one-stop shop for Dazzling Gems and Timeless Treasures. Thank you. Yes. So Samantha's Closet is a, it is a one-stop shop for any gifts for yourself or your loved ones. We have a huge selection on Etsy and Samantha's Closet KY on Facebook, Etsy, and Instagram. So anywhere from jewelry to items for your home, decor, and especially gifts all throughout the year, birthdays, holidays, anything like that, um, we can definitely get, get you covered. And my number one very favorite thing to do is custom orders. So if you go on my website and you don't see what you're looking for, shoot me a message. I love to make things that are custom. So that is probably the number one thing that I do is make custom items. So definitely feel free to reach out if there's something that you have in your mind and you want it put on paper or put on wood, I've got you covered. Even if she's never made it before, she's not going to shy away from a challenge. Absolutely. <laughs> there's a first time for everything. And I'll let you make me a steak and potato if you wish. So. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's a totally different animal. So <laughs> we, we won't require that, but. Thank goodness you wouldn't that probably wouldn't go so well for you either. I'm not the cook. <laughs> oh goodness. I bet you're better than you think you are. But anyway, <laughs> folks, I was gonna cover her social media outlets, but she pretty much took care of that for me. Samantha's Closet KY on Facebook, Instagram, and Etsy. So y'all be sure and check her out there. And okay, it well, is. let's give them that phone number. All right, it is two seven zero two five six nine three seven five two five six nine three seven five just rolls right off the tongue yeah. awesome well i always pull for my fellow hilltoppers and it sounds like you've got a good thing going and you're in it for the long haul so i wish you nothing but the best moving forward and we'll have to chat again in the future about your endeavors and your uh, crafts that you might try to spring for and broaden your horizons with in the months and years to come i would love that Awesome. Samantha, you rock. You rock too, Sam. <laughs> what a pleasure it was catching up with a former college cohort and hearing all about her tremendous talents, which she has channeled into a local business of her own. 
which is right out of her home there in Owensboro. And check her out. Like we said, it's Samantha's Closet KY on Facebook, Instagram, and Etsy. And I will link you to her Facebook page in my show notes as well. No telling what you're going to find on there. And that selection, it's constantly growing. And feel free to message her or call her with any inquiries you may have because even if it's not currently available, she'll try anything. And her imagination and creativity is such that she can come up with a product that is sure to not disappoint. So Samantha's Closet is certainly off to a great start. I know that it's got a bright future ahead of it, and Samantha's got a bright future ahead of her. We thank her for taking time out for us today on top of little Theo and her business, her life, everything else she's got going on. I'm sure glad that she made time for us here on Blabbing in the Bluegrass. She was sure a pleasure to talk to. So now, we switch gears from handmade jewelry and decor to sweet treats. If you're like me, when it's cold and snowy like this, your appetite sort of flares up because you're at home more and you have more time to eat and you have more time to bake. So I have compiled a list of the 10 best, most unique desserts to Kentucky as compiled by OnlyInYourState.com. Jen Shopley is the author of this article. And man, it really made my mouth water. Some of these I've had, some I've had, some I have not had, but I'm sure it's the same for you. So let's run this list down in order from number 10 all the way to number one, and let's see how many of these are familiar to you. And maybe you and I can both broaden our horizons in the dessert department, thanks to this list. So at number 10, on our list of the best and most unique desserts to Kentucky, we find the Majescas. Now, I've never had a Majesca, but if you were listening to, I believe it was episode four of season two. Don't quote me on that, but I'm pretty sure it was episode four of this season. We talked with Ann Wingrove, the owner of Completely Kentucky in Frankfurt, and she sells Majescas made by a company just down the road from her in Anderson County, which I should definitely try to interview sooner than later because uh, I would love to learn more about those Majescas. But anyway, the description we have here, this is a cherry gooey caramel candy with a sweet oozing marshmallow center. Doesn't that sound great? It was created in the 1880s by Anton Buseth. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. Anton Buseth in Louisville. I know I'm pronouncing that right. And it's named to honor the 19th century Shakespearean Polish actress Helena Majeska. So if you get your hands on one of these Majeskas, let me know how you think. They sound like they're to die for. And uh, drop one off on my doorstep, too. I wouldn't turn that down either. So, at number nine on our list, we find rhubarb pie. Now, I've had a little bit of rhubarb pie in my time. I can't remember exactly when, but I swear I've had uh, at least one or two in my time. It's been many moons, but I seem to recall having uh, a few tastes of this. And perhaps it's a close second to cherry pie, which I've certainly had. And though it resembles deep red celery with green leaves, it is actually very sweet when baked in a pie with some sugar. And some mix it with cherries or strawberries, but it's not necessary if it's done right, according to the author. So, <laughs> if you're a rhubarb pie connoisseur, you know what I'm talking about. 
Now, at number eight on our list of the best and most unique desserts to Kentucky is chess pie, which I like every once in a while. A lot of my friends and family just crave it. And it has been described as uh, a more vanilla version of pecan pie filling. So that's a unique way to describe it. Uses only butter, eggs, sugar, vanilla, nutmeg, and milk. And it may be eaten hot or cold. I prefer it hot myself, but if you set a if you set a piece of chest pie in front of me that's cold, I'm not gonna throw it back at you, okay? Promise you that. So seven more to go on this list of the best, most unique desserts in Kentucky as compiled by onlyinyourstate.com. At number seven, we find fruit cobbler. Now, fruit cobbler has definitely made its way outside of the state at this point, but it has a rich history here, and Kentucky has more cobbler varieties than most states. Those listed here, including blueberry, blackberry, peach, and cherry, all of which I've had, pear and strawberry, which I have not had. Any of y'all had pear cobbler? That just does not sound familiar to me at all. Strawberry sounds a little more familiar, but I don't think I've had it. And there are other examples as well. Good, warm, or cold. So, you know, if you're if you're bored and your sweet tooth is calling out, you know, it's if it's trying to get your attention, <laughs> put yourself a a cobbler in the oven and savor with your family or friends or me for that matter. <laughs> you know where to find me. So at number six on our list, we find banana pudding, which doesn't sound like anything special, but I know a number of restaurants here in the region that make banana pudding that is just to die for. And it's a, a versatile dessert. And uh, our author, Jen Shockley, her mama, used homemade fresh sugar, also vanilla, milk, and flour to put in it. And she layered it with vanilla wafers. Doesn't that sound great? And it's finished off with a meringue and lightly browned in the oven. Come to mama. That just sounds delicious. So none of, none of these are going to disappoint. I know that, you know, even if you haven't had them, you're going to enjoy them. So, you know, we still got five more of these to go, too, as if our sweet tooths weren't aching for these already. At number five on our list, compiled by our friends at onlyinyourstate.com, we find fried pies. Now, I guess I'm not a true Kentuckian because I don't have much experience with fried pies that I recall, if any. However, there are several ways to make them. None of them are wrong, according to our offer. And uh, homemade biscuits are used. These biscuits are uh, rolled flat and then filled with your choice of fruit as well as sugar. And um, these are fried with butter until lightly browned and these are often canned biscuits too if you want to cheat so if you want to use canned biscuits instead of homemade no shame i won't tell on you and either way i'm sure you know your your tongue is gonna be tingling as well as your taste buds so that's number five on our list the fried pies at number four we have Mint julep fudge. Now, I've had plenty of fudge in my time. I've had a few mint juleps, but I've never had mint julep fudge. These are uh, creamy chocolate fudge with cream de menthe liqueur, white and dark chocolate, 
and a shot or three of bourbon. That just sounds awesome, as do all the rest of these. These are considered the bourbon balls of fudge. So <laughs> keep that in mind, this uh, mint julep fudge, the bourbon ball of fudge. If you like bourbon balls, chances are you're going to like these. Speaking of the devil, at number three on our list, we find bourbon balls. And uh, most have bourbon, dark chocolate, or milk chocolate, and cream. Some, however, start by adding pecans, walnuts, cherries, white chocolate, peanuts, orange, toffee, and many more. So you can get creative with it. And I always enjoy grabbing some bourbon balls whenever my buddies and I go to visit a distillery on the bourbon trail, which we've done several times. I always like uh, comparing and contrasting the bourbon balls, and they're always one of my faves. So we've got two more to go on our list of the 10 best and most unique desserts to Kentucky, as compiled by Jen Shockley and OnlyInYourState.com. At number two, we find Thoroughbred Pie, which... I don't have much experience with it, I must confess, but it's similar to Derby Pie. The difference from Derby Pie is that it has walnuts instead of pecans and adds a dose of Kentucky bourbon. So if you eat too much of it, you might get drunk. <laughs> Just saying. Nah, only kidding. It's for all ages. I know everybody would thoroughly enjoy the thoroughbred pie. And speaking of Derby Pie, as you might expect... It falls on our list at number one. It is the best, most unique dessert to Kentucky, according to OnlyInYourState.com. Now, it's not just for the Kentucky Derby, as its name might suggest. It can be served all year, sometimes called chocolate pecan pie. But usually it falls under the Derby pie name, and that's how it's served. And it has pecans, chocolate, uh, a caramel type of cream and is great warm. Even better with a scoop of vanilla bean ice cream on top. I don't think I've ever tried it like that, but I don't think I'd turn it down. I'm sure <laughs> my taste buds would be dancing. So, if you were out of ideas, things to bake and eat that would satisfy your sweet tooth, hopefully that helped you. That list of 10 Unique Desserts to Kentucky with Strong History in Our Commonwealth, according to OnlyInYourState.com. And we do have quite the uh, talented cooks and creative cooks at that in our state, I must say. So I do hope you enjoyed that, and I hope you enjoyed Samantha at Samantha's Closet. And before we put a cap on this episode, I do want to reveal the answer to this week's Bluegrass Brain Buster. Now we switched gears a little bit from sweet to salty, as we discuss the cheeseburger. Now, if you don't like a cheeseburger, I still love you, but you're just not right, okay? I love you, but you ain't right. Anyway, a former Louisville landmark claimed to be the birthplace of the cheeseburger way back in 1934. That would have been 87 years ago at this point. Anyway, your job was to name this former Louisville establishment. Again, name the former Louisville landmark who claimed to be the birthplace of the cheeseburger. And your answer? It was the legendary Kalins. A lot of you locals in the Derby City probably have quite fond memories of Kalins. It was uh, 
operational through 2009, although the original owners sold it back in 2004 after many years of success. But yep, they got it all started with the cheeseburger back in 34. And although the actual restaurant doesn't exist anymore, there is a fairly new restaurant just opened a few years ago. And it sort of pays homage to the... Uh, the former Kalins. They call themselves 8020 at Kalins. It's in the same location as the former place used to be, and they have a lot of the same menu favorites that the customers grew to love with new twists. I think they're trying to modernize it a bit while paying tribute to the huge success that Kalins had for many, many years. And that is our answer to today's Bluegrass Brain Buster. I'm craving one of those. Kalen's Cheeseburgers now. I'm going to have to go visit 8020 at Kalen's and see if I can't get a little taste of Louisville history there. And I think that's a, a future interview for me as well here on Blabbit in the Bluegrass. So I sure hope you enjoyed everything, and I'm sure glad to see you as per usual. I hope you come on back next week. In the meantime, hit me up with your questions, comments, suggestions, vicious remarks. It's bluegrassblabbing at gmail.com. B-L-U-E-G-R-A-S-S-B-L-A-B-B-I-N at gmail.com. Also, comment or message me on the Blabbit in the Bluegrass Facebook page while you're listening to previous episodes or getting caught up on additional information as it is presented, okay? So, hopefully we'll be a little less snowy next week. We should definitely be a little warmer, which I know that will be welcome for many of us. But between now and then, do me a favor and keep laughing, keep smiling, and keep blabbing in the bluegrass. Because we're blabbing, blabbing in the bluegrass. There's nothing here to hide because we're saying it with pride. Just a blabbing, blabbing in the bluegrass. With knowledge of the state, you're sure to appreciate. Yes, we're blabbing, blabbing in the bluegrass. Where musicians furnish talent and great whiskey cools your palate. Just a blabbing in the bluegrass. With a fit for every taste, precious time is not to waste.